Chapter Two of the Venerable Don Bosco, the Apostle of Youth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Venerable Don Bosco, the Apostle of Youth, by M. S. Pine. Chapter Two: Education, Vocation to the Priesthood, Ordination in april eighteen twenty six when john was eleven years old a mission was given by some renowned preachers at butigliera a small town in the vicinity crowds from all the neighboring parishes attended and among them the aged and saintly cure murialdo don coloso as he was returning home one day he observed a little boy walking along the road in deep reflection what is your name my child he asked john bosco padre mio was the reply and you come to hear the missionaries questioned the cure with a smile very likely your mother could give you a sermon better suited to your capacity that's true sir said john with glowing face but i like to hear the missionaries too now my little one said don coloso in a challenging voice I will give you three pence if you will repeat four sentences of the last sermon. This had been one of the most forcible sermons of the mission, the danger of delay in conversion. John paused a moment as if to gather up the divisions of the discourse and put them in order. Then, clearly and without embarrassment, he gave almost word for word the exordium, the three points, and the conclusion. Don Coloso was surprised and delighted and asked him if he would not like to study. My brother Anthony says it is a useless waste of time for a peasant, but I would like to learn if I could. And have you ever thought of being a priest, my son? persisted Don Coloso. I think if I knew enough myself, John answered modestly, I should like to instruct poor neglected children and preserve them from wickedness. The cry of his angelic soul was already mounting up to God. Damihi animas ketera tole. The prayer of St. Francis of Sales, the beloved missionary bishop and doctor of the church, the prayer which was one day to be watchword of his great triple society of Silesians, engraved on their hearts and all their utterances, stamped on their documents and books, and carved in golden evidence over their world-wide homes eleven years old the mystic dream had already become an incentive a hope a great desire in that young heart a desire that burned more ardently the more it was repressed but god was on his side don coloso was not long in arranging matters with margaret and he himself became the boy's teacher john's brothers were strong in opposition but margaret declared stoutly divine providence will assist us certainly john was never intended for the plough john had begun to attend a public school at a distance walking several miles a day to and from the village but the complaints of anthony at last forced him for the sake of peace to relinquish his studies and resume his daily labors on the farm however the charge of the cows and the other animals being left to him his book was his inseparable companion while guarding them 
Don Coloso gave him lessons in the early morning after mass, and John, his daily labors at an end, studied and wrote his exercises at night. Poor boy! Is it a wonder that his whole heart went out in sympathy to all the neglected boys in this great wide world? The saintly cure laid a solid foundation of study and doctrine in his youthful disciple. But in two years he was summoned to his eternal reward, leaving John without a guide. This trial, however, did not last long. Anthony, the stepbrother, coming of age, a division of the property was made, and Margaret and her two sons, Joseph and John, separated from him, taking a smaller house. This gave John his liberty, and he joyfully resumed his regular studies, making a specialty of Latin. In 1831 he entered the college of Chieri, and pursued with ardor the courses of science, literature, and art, but his favorite studies were history, oratory, and the sacred scriptures. A desire to enter a religious order now began to agitate the young student. He laid open the state of his soul to Don Cafasso, the holy director of the Ecclesiastical Institute of Turin, where he studied. Enlightened by the Holy Spirit, his wise guide, in admiration of the ways of God over this soul still in his baptismal innocence, after prayer and examination, answered decisively, My son, enter a seminary and finish your studies. I think you are called by God to be a good parish priest. John followed his counsel. He pursued his studies more earnestly than ever, especially philosophy and theology, and with phenomenal success, for his soul was steeped in the abundance of God, and he learned more in Holy Communion, where the divine light flooded his soul, than he did from his professors and books. But the great day for which he had so long sighed and fervently prepared came at last, and John Bosco was ordained a priest of the Most High on June 5, 1841, the eve of Trinity Sunday, by the Archbishop of Turin, Monsignor Louis Franzoni. On Corpus Christi there was universal rejoicing in his native village of Castelnuovo, for there he celebrated that sacred feast, bearing the blessed sacrament in solemn procession through its festive streets in the midst of an adoring multitude. Three excellent livings were offered to the newly ordained priest. Consulting Don Cafasso anew, he was answered, You should complete your course of moral theology and your preparation for the pulpit, Give up all thought of benefices for a while and come here. Don Bosco obeyed and remained in the institute for two years, devoting himself to the higher studies in divinity. In intervals of intellectual labor, he accompanied Don Cafasso to the prisons, where each new scene of crime and punishment was to him a tragic revelation. The number of the prisoners, their moral misery, and more than all, the tender youth of many, astounded him and wrung his heart with pity. These children were orphans, or the children of vicious parents. Many of the boys would end, where? On the scaffold. This terrible thought haunted Don Bosco day and night, and strong and prevailing prayers went up to God and his Holy Mother for light and strength to help them, 
while to render his petitions more effectual he inflicted upon himself severe fasts and bodily penances the venerable don cotoleno one of turin's most saintly apostles met him one day and invited him to the great hospital for youth he had founded don bosco was moved to the soul at the sight of the sufferers and spoke words of comfort on his way as he was taking leave the venerable cotolengo pressing the sleeve of his coat said your coat is too thin get one of stronger stuff for a time will come when you will be pulled about by a great many boys End of chapter 2